Hi everyone, this is Ambar Mehta. And this is Dev Manik. You are listening to That Side Over There, the podcast for your future. So today we have a very special guest with us. We have Mr. Karan Mehra. So let me tell you a little bit about Karan. Karan completed his bachelor's in commerce from the HR College of Commerce and Economics, after which he went on to do his chartered accountancy. After complete becoming a chartered accountant, he went he had a brief job at Deloitte for one and a half years as an associate, after which he forayed into an interesting journey of entrepreneurship so he's going to talk about that today here uh, welcome karan happy to have you on the podcast uh, hey hey amber thanks for having me uh, really excited to hear about you guys and your questions and i think this is a great initiative taken by the two of you and yeah looking forward yeah i'm sure the audience is going to love to learn from your journey uh, so how's the covid era treating you man uh, well Amber, COVID was a very interesting era for me. Started off with a small low, with me uh, having to leave my job. But uh, I'm assuming uh, everything ended in a in a good way. Uh, COVID area was the period where uh, I started working on the idea of Tyke, and uh, that's when the magic began. We started working in a team. We bought our founding team, and we started building the prototype. And so COVID, uh, like everybody has experienced it, had its ups and downs. But I'm hoping everybody's come out in a positive way because. I have. That is good to hear. I just ask you one question, and I want a true answer to that. How much time did it take you to complete CA? To complete CA, it took me four and a half years, which is which is around six months above average. It took me some time, but to be very honest, they've chartered accountancy is not as hard as people perceive it. It's more so about having discipline, and it's also about making sure that you know you stick to the basics, stick to what we've been taught in our high school, and I think it's an easy journey after that. We are being told that. It is like studying for JE advanced for you know three to four years. We are told that it is that hard. No, actually, to be very honest, I'm strong supporter of chartered accountancy because it's one of the very few courses that we have which is. up to date and every new thing that you're studying has been accepted by the law and is up to date in law so uh, compared to a typical commerce uh, commerce degree chartered accountancy is harder but i would say it's also very up to date and it's something which keeps you in inter- which keeps you up to date with the market and also helps you uh, divert into different fields like finance and also entrepreneurship yeah. if to keep updating yourself the according to the new laws and stuff that's correct and uh, chartered accountancy has a great ask from you i wouldn't deny that it is it is taxing it can also uh, it's not someone it's not for someone who is it's not for someone who is looking to have an easy uh, college life and enjoy the college aspect of it but it's worth it yeah trust me do you think a little bit of luck is involved with the exams definitely the luck is involved because uh, in chartered accountancy the passing rate is always between 15 to 20% uh, in the past couple of years the rate has increased but otherwise it's super low so definitely luck is involved uh, but uh, trust me if you're disciplined and you're following uh, the curriculum the way it should be uh, it's not going to be hard for you current i just want you to tell us about your whole journey from uh, aiming for starting to study for ca till now they've i think i've had a good journey till now although there's a long way to go it's my so uh, to to begin with i finished studying in uh, jamnabai nrc school uh, based out of juhu after which i started pursuing chartered accountancy along with my uh, bcom from hr college uh, so in this so at this point of time it was a lot of so i was in the 
work from home era before all you guys because chartered accountancy is actually studying for the exams from your house and generally with chartered accountancy you are given a leeway that you aren't supposed to attend college as much as someone else so i was used to the work from home aspect uh, in that manner after that entire process of studying for my entrances ipccns and finals i realized that chartered accountancy actually is something interesting if you think about it in the correct way uh, post post that uh, i started working at deloitte after i finished uh, these things uh, where i actually learned a lot about uh, a lot about team management i learned a lot about how to handle clients and also how to tackle queries asked by these clients so deloitte was a great journey for me i actually think i uh, the, the idea of having something of my own started from deloitte and uh, after deloitte i started working on my own fintech startup which is called tie uh, we plan to launch in the first quarter of 2021 yeah so all prepping up for tie and uh, hoping to give the audience something different in the fintech industry i'll ask you more questions about tie later you had a job with one of the big four companies and it's supposed to be a very prestigious thing like deloitte kpmg ernst and young and pwc one of these companies so how was your experience at deloitte well amber my experience at deloitte was quite fascinating uh, i was working with almost all the big uh, big companies listed in the stock market so i was helping them assisting them in uh, financial restructuring and taxation so it was a, it was a great learning experience for me but uh, After a point of time, when you're working in a corporate, you realize that there is a better way to be. There's a better place to find for yourself, which is a great, a great reason why many people quit corporate after a couple of years. Uh, because at corporate, they learn those, uh, those strong moats that they need to have before they can do something of their own. So uh, I had a great journey. Won't lie to you. I had a great team, solid people, solid, solid foundation, and. Uh, Yeah, it was a great journey. I would recommend all the viewers to at least pick up a year or two of work experience at any of the MNCs that you have because it really adds structure and adds a lot of patience in your life, which is definitely required for entrepreneurship or starting your own business or joining your family. So it's something which is crucial, I would say, in today's time. Any more tips for aspiring chartered accountants? Firstly. the biggest tip would be to not forget the fact that you are still college and you are you still have a great deal of life to live ahead of you so it's important to enjoy while pursuing chartered accountancy another very important tip i'd like to give fellow chartered accountant aspirants is that so something we've noticed in the ca fraternity is people lack communication and people lack management skills that's a big flaw in the ca industry they're great with their numbers they're great with their work but they aren't that good at networking so guys it's super important as a chartered accountant to build your network to start reaching out to people to start interacting with people from different uh, areas so that's going to be my biggest tip start networking at an early age because trust me your network matters so much that you wouldn't probably have to do an mba so current after this new series called harshad mehta scam lots of people started investing in stocks and you know they blind blindly started investing their money into stocks without thinking too much uh do you think it has affected the market so there has there has been a great influx of capital in the stock market post the covid era i'm not too sure it's if if it's because of the scam uh, series or it's because of the fact that uh, the markets were at a tremendous low so people saw that as a good opportunity to pump their money in the market and the market is actually at one of its highs and it's never been so high in the past i think uh, i i think it's never been this high ever to be fair uh, so 
I don't so I think it is a good time to invest in the market but uh, I still see a bit of volatility in the market and uh, the market will correct very soon so it is a good time but uh, but I think informed decisions is something people need to look at and if you're someone who's a newbie just back the blue chip stocks I think that'll save you uh, could you explain the blue chip stocks of little further for the listener so uh, anybody who does not understand the jargon blue chip blue chip generally comprises of the top 100 or the top 150 stocks in the stock markets which are nse and bse so when someone says blue chip they're referring to maybe a tcs or a reliance or an infosys or an hdfc bank so a blue chip generally is a stock which is traded maximum and generally has least volatility uh, which means that the price will not fluctuate too much so the risk appetite is comparatively low uh, so karan you spoke about networking a little bit there's this really interesting thing that the icai guys icai is the governing body for chartered accountants so they have these study circles in every area they have multiple hierarchies so under the western thing comes the area study circles so suppose jb nagar is an area so there's jb nagar study circle and there the chartered accountants meet once a month or once a week and they discuss the new topics and stuff i really like that about the icai i mean it's really good for network so icai is doing a phenomenal job it has been doing so since its birth it's one of the most prestigious uh, regulatory bodies that we have and uh, the government itself uh, refers to icai massively in its policy making so icai itself is one of the i would say the fastest growing and the most innovative uh, bodies that we have uh, in india as of now so icai actually has set a standard which is so good for all the other regulatory bodies like the cost accountancy and the and the and the financial accounting bodies to actually you know uh, break the barriers that are there in our system and icai has always been on the top end it's actually one of the very few bodies that is available in india where no level of no level of political connects or no level of bureaucracy can affect it it's actually one of the rock solid i would say regulatory bodies in india okay so karan uh, what i'm saying is Uh, that uh, whenever you have a stable job you know there is a pressure from that family to stick to that job not go anywhere you know have the settled life so what was it that brought you towards entrepreneurship and it made the weightage of entrepreneurship more instead of your precious job well they to be very honest i don't think our generation really faces that issue i feel most of our parents and our family members are very supportive of our choices having said the same that entire stability factor does hit you but it hits you internally but i think it's all about it's all about making that decision uh, and i feel it's better to to make a risky decision in your life which is entrepreneurship when you're young and there's a lot to learn here so for me for me in my head i am pursuing an mba every day is a new is a new day for me to learn something and every day i try to also increase my network so for me it's not entrepreneurship for me it's uh, i tell myself that it's actually an mba so that even if things don't work out i have completed my mba and i have much more knowledge and much more a solid network compared to you know where i was two years back so that's how i stabilized myself in those days of anxiety but typically i don't think people generally face that sort of a stigma anymore talking on that the thing is uh, right now people are more like rather be an entrepreneur than do an mba you know there, there is this 
I don't know what we call it. It is an illusion which people have created where they say that go for entrepreneurship, put those 50 lakhs for your own company rather than giving it to a B school. So is it true that entrepreneurship will give you a better experience than what you will learn at B schools? So Dave, this again comes back to the same uh, topic that we touched earlier, which is about the benefit that you have at by working at a Deloitte or working at a EY or a KPMG. It adds structure to your life. It adds a bit of professionalism. Uh, having said the same, I personally uh, don't think uh, in terms of education or in terms of information, uh, you're learning something better uh, that, that, that our uh, internet cannot provide us or the ad tech platforms who are doing a phenomenal job cannot provide us. But uh, the, the, it's, it's all about the experience and a generation like us really backs on experiences. Our, our generation is a very fast developing economy. We're looking at experiences. We're looking at spending money on uh, trips and you know going and meeting new people or doing workshops or webinars because of the fact that we're an experience-driven society. So uh, I personally feel that if that structure or that professionalism is something which is missing in you then maybe MBA is helpful but if you can find that maybe in a small work experience or an internship or some guidance uh, in terms of information I don't think you're missing out on anything. So learning by doing really helps a lot and I've I've heard that startups are uh, really help you grow a lot rapidly very rapidly because you're supposed to do a lot of things at the same time. That's true. So uh, the moment you are uh, one of the founding members of a startup, uh, what happens is uh, there are a lot of things you have to look at and you have to make sure everything falls in place and you have to make sure that the environment created for everybody that's working in that particular organization is also very positive and very peaceful. So uh, you do learn a lot. It also, I think it's a very strong emotional journey for you as well. You. Uh, you work on you work on your flaws like uh, like arrogance, uh, impatience, and also thinking you know it all. Because trust me, uh, when you start your journey, and even if it's a field probably like engineering for you guys, which you think you have mastery on, uh, the moment you enter the industry, you're speaking to people with 20, 30, 40 years of work experience, and they really make you feel like you know you know nothing, and which is the important thing. Because uh, it's it's not possible for you to know everything. Uh, that's not that's not any that's not any college or any B school's motto. So, uh, start, uh, the, the startup or the entrepreneurial space definitely is a great journey for you uh, emotionally and uh, for your career. So, I always encourage all the startup founders who come up to me. I always tell them to start their first startup, even though it's not tech related or even though it's not something which could be a billion dollar company in their college days because it really helps you figure out uh, what's your strengths more importantly and you know uh, what are your weaknesses and you can probably uh, polish those weaknesses through a B school or through a tech platforms. So can you tell us more about this company of yours, Tyke India? So Tyke is an online marketplace uh, which we've created where investors can invest in early stage startups uh, with ticket sizes starting at 5,000 rupees only. The ticket size uh, means the minimum amount that you can invest in each startup. 
so for people who don't understand what this means uh, typically uh, the way you can invest in startups which are small stage early stage companies private companies is through angel investing or venture capital now to be an angel investor or a venture capital you need to have a high amount of money in your bank which means you need to be an hni so typically the minimum amount that you can invest in each startup is between 2 uh, to 5 lakh rupees which is substantially very high compared to the stock markets or compared to any other instrument that's there so what tyke is trying to do is 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 bring democracy in startup investing by providing the retail investors an additional asset class to invest that's really great currently a lot of people from all backgrounds are looking to diversify their investment portfolios and go for investing in startups so what are the tips that you would like to give them uh, well uh, the biggest tip that we give everybody all the investors that we've enrolled as of now is uh, they need to learn how to diversify their portfolio by diversifying i mean uh, we should not put all our eggs in one basket uh, we need to split the amount that we're looking to invest collectively in different startups when i say different startups i mean startups working on different products working in different sectors uh, so that uh, the risk has is minimized uh, that's that's the biggest tip we give second tip that we give is to is to track the markets see uh, what's what something Uh, people are looking at so for example after the covid era insurance has been a very high highly booming sector so startups working in insurance are something which is uh, are some startups which are doing phenomenally well and they are uh, picking up great valuation what is your view on bootstrapping and venture capitalist which one do you think is better for what kind of company oh uh, that's a good question dev uh so uh according to me both things are equally important uh there is no uh, there is no uh method of success in entrepreneurship uh, it's not guaranteed that if you are uh, investing in a startup which is already venture backed uh, your startup is going to definitely succeed nor can you say that a bootstrap startup is going to fail so uh, the difference is that in a venture capital backed startup uh there is uh, there is no uh, limited uh, inflow of money which means that you can spend on marketing you can spend on hiring you can spend on office space but compared to a bootstrap startup you have to uh you know keep it lean keep it mean you can't spend unnecessarily so it's it's more of a a budgeted a startup but uh, if if you are a startup which is in the service sector If you're targeting a B2B, I would say Bootstrap is comparatively better. If you have a a positive cash flow from day one, if you're a startup who needs to burn enough money uh, to reach that amount of user base, then I would say uh, a venture backed startup. But in the end, it's a choice that someone has to make. And uh, I see many startups who are bootstrapped and they don't raise for many years, but they're still profitable and and they're doing very well. So. it's honestly wrong to say that uh, a vc back startup does phenomenally well because uh, we've seen bootstrap startups the biggest example being zeroda doing uh, doing so well it's a, it's a company which uh, you know is the biggest uh, stock broking company uh, in india as of now so there are examples and you know it's in the end it's a choice a founder has to make and it's an informed decision you have to make
The answer is different depending on the case, the product the startup is working on, as well as the target audience. I guess. Yeah. So it 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 more so depends on your cash flow. It depends on uh, it depends on the positive uh, cash flow aspect. If you're someone who is profitable from day one, then I don't see the need for you to raise money unless you want to uh, grow substantially and you know release a very expensive advertising campaign and uh, you know hire growth managers. That's when you need venture venture capital funding or even angel investment. But if you are someone someone like someone now, for example, like Cred started by Kunal Shah, that company raised over three hundred crores in its first or second round of funding, and today uh, Cred still does not have a revenue model, which means that uh, whatever advertisements, however Cred is working, it's working completely on losses. It's a free service. It's based on the fact that. Once it reaches a particular number of users, it start introducing financial, uh, you know, streams for itself. So, something like Cred could not happen in a bootstrap startup because you need tons and tons of money to start something like that. So it again depends on what your goal is, but uh, each to his own. Yeah. As a non-technical founder, what kind of difficulties have you faced? Uh, as a non-technical founder, the biggest difficulty I faced was uh, how do I make my platform the, the best version ever in terms of tech. Well, luckily, one of my founding team members, Tushar, is someone who who has great experience in that particular aspect. So that's taken care of, and uh, uh, that was one of the biggest difficulties I faced. But again, as as a as a CEO and a founder, you have to learn and adapt. So. uh so i can say that you know i have also been working on the tech aspect of it i try understanding things which are definitely out of my uh scope of understanding as a chartered accountant but uh, you have to as a as a ceo uh, one day you're working on tech one day you're working on content one day you're working on one on spreadsheets that's pretty much how a ceo works so you have to be all over the place yeah it is said that for a startup sometimes you just have to start and then put the blocks ahead of you as you go on you cannot wait the whole bit till the whole bridge is complete and then you start walking yes dev that's actually true so uh so another small tip that was given to me by my mentor is always start your idea start working on your idea when you think you're 70% there because it's impossible to be 100% there the moment you think you're 70% there that's when you start building your product because um as an early stage startup a product market fit generally happens over time you have to interact with your users you have to interact with people who are buying your product take feedback and based on that eventually after a year and a half or even more you will reach that product which people like so tip for everybody is always start working on your idea when you think you're 70% there how did you come up with the idea for tiger so amar uh, this is kind of uh, th- th- this might sound a little obnoxious but uh, although i am in the financial industry i had never i never had a great inclination towards the stock market i was always interested in private equity always interested in uh, a venture capital funding always interested in angel investment so so uh, while so i tried investing in one us startup Uh, through my salary, but the but I but I faced a capital requirement of at least twenty five lakh rupees of investment. That's where the idea came up that you know why can't I invest in startups? 
and why can't i invest in startups using my laptop so we're looking at building a tech platform which does not require any a physical signing of documents physical kyc and everything happens online and you can invest with your you can invest with your internship stipend you can invest with your first salary and you can always put some amount aside to invest in startups and hopefully that 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 investment can give a great return over time well many people right now are looking for investing in startups uh, making small investments even the bigger ones right now in india it's a really charged atmosphere but at the same time a lot of people are still i'll i guess uninformed uh, in this uh, startup sector so is educating them or reforming them more so that they can have uh, make better investments one of your goals as well oh definitely that's definitely one of our goals uh, we feel that uh, startup investing is not an asset class which has already reached india we plan on taking that challenge so with that challenge it's our responsibility to make sure that anybody who's investing in startups is well informed uh, is actually uh, is actually understanding what's happening and how it is different from your traditional fixed deposits or your stock markets so uh, it uh, we, we actually are working on educating our investors as well uh, a part of the the products also focus on you know uh, introducing kits which helps everybody invest in startups even though they are completely unaware of how investing in general works so in ta- startups there is always this one problem that people face the testing their prototypes like even at a 10% or 20% complete people still want to know ki if they are going in right direction or want so if they are not going in right direction what is the what is it that you would suggest they should test and start working on uh so uh, there's this concept called a product zeitgeist fit now product zeitgeist fit is actually a term coined uh, which tells you to uh, build products or to build companies which are based on a problem which everybody is facing but hasn't but hasn't been you know technically or efficiently worked out yet uh, a, a big a big example of this uh, could be insurance which is actually being worked on as of now so insure tech and agri tech are two sectors which fit in this particular category with respect to getting a product market fit uh, i think it's very important to create a beta version of what you're doing and just launch it for testing uh, contact every single person who signs up ask them what they like what they don't like take our feedback because every single software or product that has been created was never perfect from day one it's after it's after reaching out to your new and dear ones it's after those 150 200 uh, feedbacks that you receive that you're actually going to reach the part where the product is actually something which can uh, you know suffice the market demand i've been reading a lot of books and listening to some podcasts as well some people are of the opinion that the next googles or the next microsofts of the world will come from india do you agree with this? what's your take on this oh definitely uh, india is india is producing some great quality startups there are companies uh, who have already reached million and billion dollar valuations uh, before they have even launched so uh people are highly backing on indian entrepreneurs 
we already have a great number of unicorns now a unicorn is a startup which has reached a billion dollar valuation we already have around 30 odd unicorns and we're actually uh, india forecasts doing around 100 unicorns by 2025 so when you started with this idea of yours like you have this idea and you are going to go forward with it what what do you do when you get this idea what do you actually do after getting this whole idea of you know starting a company so the biggest the biggest thing once an idea comes to you is getting feedback from someone who is part of that industry so what i did is i reached out to people in my own circle or in my network could be uncles of mine or could be cousins of mine who work in the financial industry and i floated this idea at them so uh, the best yeah so as people say uh, the best testers of the products are your near and dear ones so what i suggest to everybody is once they get an idea they should get it validated by people who are working in the same field but by people who understand that market very well and uh, after after that idea has been validated by those particular people uh, it's important to do your due diligence and compliance to see if it if if something like this actually exists if not is it legally permissible once you have these tick marks i think that's a good that's a good stage for you to consider starting your idea into something here yeah. i'm sure a few companies are working on an idea similar to yours are you worried about competition no no not really amber so there are many companies which do similar things like us but for larger ticket sizes and they and they have a they have an offline approach compared to us so uh, to be very honest uh, your product has to speak for itself uh, there will always be competition if someone sees a particular a, a particular sector working out you're always going to see a lot of competition coming taking edtech for example uh, we all heard of edtech initially through byju's and then we are, then since then we haven't stopped hearing about edtech companies right from upgrad to white hat junior so uh, once the sector does well people actually try entering that sector uh, but it's all about how strong and how uh, how consumer friendly your product is and as long as you're keeping your consumers happy the switching cost generally is very high uh, definitely the tech industry has been on a great rise right now but that reminds me there have been a few unethical practices in the startup world the tech industry particularly there have been some controversies regarding white hat junior and its marketing policies well with respect to white hat junior uh, they do have a slightly aggressive um, advertising and marketing strategy i wouldn't deny that uh, but that's been working out very well for them white hat junior has has been doing a uh, 5x or 6x of its revenue your month on month basis so white white hat junior has actually benefited from that publicity although it was negative and uh, it's it's working out very well for them they also have won the suits that you're talking about against their against their ex employees so uh, for them it's a very happy ending because uh, the court pronounced them as doing something which is ethical any publicity is good publicity well that that is true but uh, i mean white hat junior uh, got away with it but i'm not too sure if that works out for everybody uh, because uh, when you're working on a product which is a b2c uh, uh, it's very important to make sure that brand message which is coming out is is highly trustable and ethical that's something which is very important so i wouldn't agree with 
any publicity is good publicity but uh, uh, let's say white hat junior got away on this society there are some negative effects policy of facebook is literally that the business model surrounds on keeping you attached to your phone even in instagram so and that's not always good for the consumer companies should also look out for the effect they are having on the society at the same time oh uh, that's true but amber as they say uh, data is going to be the next oil uh the indi- the entire industry is moving towards a data driven economy so uh it's very difficult to replace or replicate uh facebook's revenue model so uh i don't see that changing too much but as suggested by you there can be uh, ethical laws and ethical standards put out which help us you know make sure that the data is being used for uh, the good of society I would like to thank you very much Karan for coming here and joining us today. We are very very thankful for that. We had really had a great time talking with you and knowing stuff which we would have I don't know never known about. That it was really great to talk with you. Thank you so much. I had a great time myself. Thanks and Karan. Thank you for inviting me over. Cheers guys. That was Karan Mehra guys. Uh we uh, you can just visit attack.com I guess. It's attack.com. It's attackinvest.com. and uh, you can visit us on either our website or you can check with us check us out on instagram as well yes uh, do check them out they are doing some really great job with a startup thank you thank you very much thank you for tuning in guys